right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, December 13th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And, Pat, we have a packed, packed show. There's no time for jibber-jabber at the top mm. of the show. There's no time for gabbing. There's no time. How you been? How you doing? No, we got to get uh, who into cares? it. Who gives a shit? No one who, cares how we're doing. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Right? Ooh, no one gives you know. a fuck. No, no. We, we got no time to die, and we got no time to talk about no time to die, because we got bigger movies to talk about. Yes, yeah, so let's let's plow. Let's do Number it. one, West Side Story, $10.5 million in its first weekend, eking out a number one placement right above. Number two, Encanto, $9.4 million, down only 28%. It lost 230 theaters. It's at $71.3 million in its third weekend. Number three, Ghostbusters Afterlife, $7.1 million, down 31%. It lost 244 theaters. It's at $112 million in its fourth frame. Number four, House of Gucci, $4 million, down 42%, lost 70 theaters. It's at $41 million in its third weekend. And number five, Eternals, 3.1, down 24%, lost 200 theaters. It is standing at $161.2 million in its sixth weekend. And that is your top five, Pat. Solid plowing there. So, I mean... The big story, of course, is West Side Story is the new one. I guess before we get into that, anything worthwhile on any of these other movies in the top five? Eternals, who cares? It's it's done. It, we, no one no one cares. House of Gucci dropped 41%. It's at $41 million. It made $4 million this past week. So I guess the story there is it should end up creeping over 50 when all said and done, House of Gucci should get to 50 domestic, maybe mm. a little more. I don't know, because like Nightmare Alley's coming out this weekend, and that could eat up those adults. Yeah. I mean, the adults could get eaten. It was it only lost 70 screens last week. It's still, I mean, House of Gucci is still in over 3,000 screens. It's in, it's yeah. on a lot, in a lot of theaters. And. With House of Gucci, it really is going to depend on the theater count because if it could stay in a significant amount of theaters for Christmas Day, it could do some business in the Christmas week. Yeah. You know, when adults are really off for a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't it won't do anything Christmas Eve. Uh, you know, because the 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 Italians, which I I could I could slur them if I want because I am one, but the Italians will be eating their fish. So Christmas Eve, they're not going to see Gucci, but I think Christmas Day on, if Gucci could hold on to some theaters, it could rack up some dollars Christmas week, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i saying it's not going to go 50. You say over. I say over. I, I, think it'll, I think it'll go over 50. So I guess that's a, a little gentleman's bet. I mean, this is almost not a bet that's even worth betting anything on. You know, not even pride, I would say. it's This is so small stakes. But mm-hmm. the listeners will keep us honest. You know, if it goes over 50, the listeners could say Pat was right. If it goes under 50, 
the listeners could say Pat was not as right. Yes. Yeah, that that's fair. So, yeah, listeners, keep us honest. You always do. I would um, say in Kanto, we can talk about that quickly. It, mm-hmm. We keep thinking Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to overtake this thing, but it's holding pretty strong. 28% drop, $71 million, and this is a film that is going to Disney Plus for free. I mean, free as in if you subscribe to Disney Plus, which is not free, mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, definitely Christmas week, and it'll be there for Christmas. So, you know what? It doesn't seem like there's that many people saying, oh, I can hold off on this. People are still going to see this. Yeah, I mean, the the thing within Concho in terms of just sort of arbitrary benchmarks is can Encanto get to 100 million domestic? It's at 71 point, you know, basically 72 million. Does it got 28 million and change in it now that it's going to be going to Disney Plus? I mean, that one, I think, I don't think it's going to be able to get there. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen is Sing comes out, not this yep. weekend, but the Wednesday of next weekend comes out the 22nd. Yeah. And that's going to be an 800 pound gorilla. It's going to eat everybody's lunch. That thing's going to be a Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You've got that's Pavarotti uh, with low blood sugar. Yep. Yep. And, and it's, it's may literally be a cartoon animal singing something from Pavarotti. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sing is going to probably be, the nail in the coffin for Encanto on top of, of course, Spider-Man coming in this weekend and probably stealing everyone's business, but really probably putting a hurting on Encanto and Ghostbusters Afterlife because the the, the kiddies, you know, the, the time for the middle-aged parents and guardians to drag their kiddies to Ghostbusters Afterlife, that ends this Thursday night with the midnight previews of Spider-Man. The, if, the kids yes. will revolt. They will hit back. They will scream bloody murder. They will they will call uh, uh, child services on Thursday if a parent or guardian tries to drag them to see Ghostbusters Afterlife again instead of going to Spider-Man. Oh, if, they're, if these kids are getting dragged past lines for mm-hmm. Spider-Man, people dressed up in... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man costumes, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man costumes, uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man costumes, and they're mm-hmm. going to get dragged into a movie where the ending is four, well, three old men in a jumpsuit and a hologram of another old man in a jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. 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 That is that is child abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that ends this week. I think Encanto and Ghostbusters Afterlife are gonna are really gonna be caught in the crossfire of Spider Man. Here's something that we should mention regarding Ghostbusters Afterlife. We did get some emails this week uh, to the Bo Boys G, uh, Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Always get a lot of great listener emails. Gotta share this one that we got from Wanna Bo Boy Reed, mm-hmm. who talked about. How, uh, you know, we, we've we been saying that kids have no interest in Ghostbusters, but we did get a we did get an email, the subject stating my son loves Ghostbusters 
And Reed said we could share this information because it is important information for our listeners. His son is seven years old. He found the films and the cartoon on Netflix, watched them many times. He was a Ghostbuster with a proton pack for Halloween two years in a row, has a Playmobil Ecto-1. He has a Slimer. He has a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And Reed says, I was 50-50 on seeing the film, but my son wanted to see it. We saw it last week. And then, you know, th- this this story sounded so outlandish. You know, it sounded so hard to believe that we did have to ask for proof. We mm-hmm. needed to have hard evidence that this was true. And Reed did offer up a photo of his son in a Ghostbusters costume. And the son has a smile on his face. It does not look like he is under duress. It looks like he is in the Ghostbusters costume of his own free will. So I think we have gotten enough proof that there is at least one case out there of a child who is a legitimate Ghostbusters fan and wanted to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. So it, it it's, you know, there may be more. There may be more, yeah. And as I, as I said last episode, Deep Santa, my connection to the North Pole, mm-hmm. he has gotten kids asking for those toys. So there are kids out there interested in Ghostbusters because of the toys. And it seems yeah. like Reed's son is one of these one of these uh, children. Yeah. So so it's out there. I mean, I'm sure, though, as much of a fan as Reed's son is of Ghostbusters, if Reed tried to take him again this weekend instead of Spider-Man, Reed, Reed's son would, would... We'd be getting a different kind of uh, email from Reed this week. Mm-hmm. The email would probably say, my son... My son is gone, and and uh, he's not coming back because I didn't let him see Spider-Man. And Reed, if you want to try it just as a social experiment, go go for it. Mm-hmm. And that's easy for us to say because we don't have to live with your son. So right. right. So so pro- you probably won't do it, but it'd be cool if you did. It would be cool if you. It would be great radio, as they say in the biz. It'd be absolutely great radio, which is what we're trying to do here now. Let's let's get to this top mm-hmm. story, West Side story. Yeah. Ten point five million dollars. Yeah. Now now Pat, here's here's a few things real quick that we have to mm-hmm. get off the table. Okay. We everybody calm down about this movie, okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We're seeing all the headlines about it bombing. Yes, ten point five isn't great. Yes. It's less than In the Heights made, which is looked at as a failure. Mm-hmm. Here's a huge difference that I don't think people are paying attention to. And I was shocked and you were shocked last episode to find this out in, in so much as we couldn't believe it, that this only opened in 2,820 theaters. Yeah. Now, just Fairly to give low. the audience perspective on that. The Eternals has been in theaters for six weeks, and it is in 3,030 theaters. Mm -hmm. And that's after dropping a massive amount of theaters. So Mm -hmm. this is a film that opened wide, but not wide in the way that all these other movies did and still hold on to the screens that these movies do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that yeah. is one thing to make you look at because in the Heights, and I know it was day and date, 
but this film opened in 3,456 theaters. And it and opened it, and in it, a time with no competition. Right. And it, and it opened at a time when people were as excited as they've been in a long time about the prospects of movies and movie theaters. You yes. know, we, we had just had everything's open, uh, uh, everyone's vaccinated, Vax and Wax was the headline across most papers at that point in June. June and, 10th. And you had just had some successful movie openings. You know, we were all we we're all floating high on the the box office performance of uh of Kong versus Godzilla. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 was a big hit. We all thought in the heights was going to be gigantic and that opened to 11.5 and it's looked at as a disappointment in retrospect. That's not it that disappointing of a number. So, I would say this 10.5 of West Side Story obviously you know, the Spielberg factor, you would think West Side Story should have done a lot better than In the Heights. And West Side Story is a much bigger IP musical-wise than In the Heights. But it did open on a lot less screens. And I do think that, and this is what we talked about last week, the box office story of West Side Story is not going to be the opening weekend it really is going to be what does it do over the two to three weeks around Christmas? Yes. Yeah, that was and- always going to be where this movie lives or dies. It wasn't going to live or die on opening weekend. It was going to live or die on those weeks around Christmas when people have a lot of days off, when kids are home, when families are home, when older people... Maybe not old, old, but people in their 50s have a little bit more free time and have some like weekday weekends, basically. That is when people are either going to go or not go to West Side Story. Yes. And this number of theaters is like platforming for Spielberg. Yes. You know how indie movies platform like Red Rocket was in six theaters this last weekend Mm-hmm. This is the equivalent for Spielberg is not right. being in 4000 theaters. This right. is they're playing the long game. They understand that this is a movie that's going to have a if it's going to be a success, it's going to be a it's going to be a long game. It's going to have a long tail. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the people this is aimed at is older women. Yes. And th- they are not going to the theater as much right now due to a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But the thing with them as that demo is that they don't pay attention to box office. And this is not a slight against them. I'm sure there are people in that age group that are female that do watch box office, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about the aim is people who have families, have jobs, have other things to do than follow box office. That's why, say, they listen, they can pop in and listen to us and we can give them everything they need to know while they're on their way to their job, while they're on their way to wherever they need to go. But this is a, a group that is going to need to have a little time to think about what time in my schedule can I find to see this film. Just right. because they haven't seen it now doesn't mean they won't ever see it. Right. 
I mean, this, this is not a front-loaded film. This is a film that is going to be spread out over time. And I think that, you know, Spielberg has done this before, and they know what they're doing here. Yeah. Yeah, because Spielberg has made that box office transition in the last 20 years, you know, other than something like a Ready Player One. He's made that transition where he is no longer... 80s and 90s Spielberg catering to the tweens, the teens, and the college guys. He's become the Spielberg that at the box office caters his movies towards people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and older. I mean, he's making Watergate movies, so he's obviously gearing towards people in their 60s at different points. That is where his box office targets have moved. And when you look at Spielberg's box office these last 10, 15 years, his movies have not been bombs. His movies have just not been Jurassic Park opening at record numbers the first weekend. Again, other than Ready Player One. You know, his movies have been more along the lines of Lincoln and The Post, you know, the and Bridge of Spies. These movies that... When you look at the opening weekend, you might say, oh, Spielberg's lost it. And then you look at the final domestic tally and you realize, oh, Spielberg is still very profitable. It just takes his movies longer to get there. You know, it's like anyone who ages that. Yes. If you keep yourself in shape uh, as an older person, you could still get there. You know, you could still get to the store or get to the gym or get things done in the bedroom, but it just takes you a little longer than it used to. You know, yeah. the 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 young Spielberg is is box office wise, he's getting it up in seconds. The older Spielberg, box office wise, it takes him a little longer to get it up. Yeah. Because look at something like Bridge of Spies, 2015. Mm-hmm. That film opened to $15.3 million on only 2,873 screens. Wow. The Spielberg and it, platform. And it legged out to $72.3 million domestic. Okay? Exactly. The Post opened, well, its maximum. Here's the thing. That wasn't, Bridge of Spies, I'm sorry. That was its maximum amount of screens. The Post, similarly, maximum amount of screens it ever had, which I'm assuming that's where it kind of... This one platformed a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it opened... Uh, let's see, what was Post? Uh, it opened to... In its second weekend, because this actually did open in only a few theaters. Um, vamp a little bit while I look this up. Well, you're looking up the wide release of The Post, and I actually think that my guess is going to be in that first weekend where The Post went you know, quote unquote wide, I think I'm going to bet it made around 18 million. I feel like I remember the post having a wide release opening that was pretty decent. But again, it's not Jurassic Park. It's not uh, a minority report. It's not E.T. It is older Spielberg and older Spielberg doesn't get it up immediately, but he gets it up eventually you yeah, know that so, bridge of spies 72 million spielberg got it up but he didn't get it up the the second he walked in the door 
so yeah, so 2017, December 22nd is when it came out in only nine theaters. It stayed in nine theaters the next weekend uh, and then went up to 36 theaters in the third weekend. And by then it had made uh, almost $3 million. And then it opened wide. January and you're talking 12th, about The Post, right? The Post. Okay. And it made 19.3 in its opening. Yeah. yeah. And then it legged out all the way to $81.9 million. Right, right. Now, listen, so West Side Story opening at 10.5, it's opening below these other Spielberg, you know, recent Spielberg opening weekends. Like you said, The Post opened around 19 in its first full weekend. You said Bridge of Spies open at what, 15 and a half in its first full weekend. So West Side Story at 10 and a half is lower than that. But again, Spielberg's getting older, so he's taking longer to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is just a natural sign of box office aging. But I, at this point, until I see it, I'm not going to say... Spielberg is not going to get it up. I just think it's going to take Spielberg longer to get it up at the box office. But I still have faith that when all is said and done with West Side Story, we'll all look back and we'll say Steven Spielberg at the box office got rock hard. Yes. Now, here's the thing. So we're saying don't panic. There's still a chance that this is going to be a success. Right. Now we're being we're 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 the voice of reason. And obviously on the on the internet there's no voice of reason. So it's no. either this is a bomb or it's going to be the greatest showman. Right. Right. So Which we have been com- warned we've been warned you know cuz that is a that's a that's a a comp that you want to go to if you want to say that West Side Story is going to pull it out. The, the great comp to go to is Greatest Showman because that's, of course, one of the leggiest movies we've ever seen, a movie that just opened low and ended up going nuts in the holiday season. And, of course, it's a musical. But here's the difference, mm-hmm. okay? Greatest Showman had Hugh Jackman. Yes. A musical superstar. You get yep. this guy singing, and it's Baffa Bobo. Yep. It had Zac Efron. It had Zendaya. Yeah. It had names. Now, of course, Zendaya was not who she is now, but still, these are people people knew. Yeah. Also, a movie star and some value adds for sure. Yes. Also, songs were being played on the radio from Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. These were songs that were pop hits. At least one or two of them got radio play. Mm-hmm. That is not the case with West Side Story, which is not a hot hip IP or group of songs. So you're not going to hear this on the radio and say, oh, I got to go see this. Right, right, right. It would be very, very surprising if I Feel Pretty is, uh, you know, being played on all your Z Morning Zoo shows across the, the country. In mm-hmm. the next few weeks, you know, unless it is some kind of like, unless it ends up getting used in some kind of parody song, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, that all the Z Morning Zoo uh, uh, 
VJs start using, uh, I feel pretty is probably not going to become a radio staple. Well, yes, unless somebody in the New York area does a parody of How Bad the Jets Are This Year Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. a song about, you know, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Right. Or, you know, if you're a jet, you should run far away. You know, things like that. Right, right, right. But even that is just going to be confined to, I mean, the largest local market, but still a a local market only. It's not going to catch... Uh, heat nationwide. Yeah. Um. So yeah, West Side Story. You know the 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 thing that this movie has going against it for sure is that there is no name value in this cast. You know, again, we're not going to get into anything Ansel Elgort other than the fact that he's not a movie star he's not even a known quantity to be honest there's no one in this cast who has any name value the star of this movie is steven spielberg and he's not in this movie you know west side story didn't go the extra mile of at least casting someone recognizable as the lead of this movie they went with unknowns they decided the 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 ip itself will be the hit and will make a bunch of stars from it but it does you know, it does help to have movie stars in your movie, even today. Yeah. Um, but the thing with this movie is going to be, it was never going to have a, a, a giant opening weekend. That And the weeks leading into Christmas are not great for the audience it's going after because, t- to be honest, those people are out shopping. Those people are, are trying to crash their final weeks of work before they get the holiday vacation you know these people in their 40s 50s 60s right now they're at the office uh uh, trying to get out those final spreadsheets before they get some days off they're probably Mm -hmm. working on the weekends to be honest you know those weeks before christmas that audience is working on the weekend and when they're not working they're shopping and I again, I really do think that audience is going to have some free time starting December 24th. Now, do we have anything else on West Side Story? I don't think so, because, again, this, the, the West Side Story will be written over the next three to four weeks. The West Side Story has not been written based on this opening weekend. And so also, everyone needs a, to calm down. This is a well-liked movie that had great Great exit ratings. It, it's yep. not. It's not a movie people disliked when they saw it. No. It, well, here's what I'll say actually, because before we go into Spider Man, which is of course the big news for this week, the preview of Spider Man. I saw West Side Story in the theater this weekend, and I loved it. It was great, and it was a great movie theater only experience. Clayton, you and I also saw another film in the theaters this weekend. We saw. Simon Rex in Red Rocket. Yes. We did Best film it. of the year for me. Best film of the year for me as well. I, I think I think Simon Rex absolutely deserves a nom 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 at the Oscars. I would say he on merit he should win. Uh I think someone like a Will Smith, it's it's time. So I would give the award to Will Smith based on its time, but Simon Rex gave one of the best performances I've ever seen. 
So we saw this movie in the theater. We saw Red Rocket. I also saw West Side Story in the theater the night before. So back to back in the movie theater. And it really struck me leaving Red Rocket. You know, we saw that movie uh, in, in, in a boisterous crowd. People loved it. Everyone in the room loved it. When I got up, I did turn around and look at everyone and the smiles on everyone's faces after Red Rocket. And I said out loud, I said, I love everyone in this theater. Mm-hmm. And people were smiling. You yeah. know, I said, we'll always have this. Yeah. And, and everyone there, you, there was an energy of people feeling like we were lucky to have gotten this together, to have seen Red Rocket together. And at West Side Story, I saw that in the theater, and there was uh, a teenage girl sitting in the same row as me and my wife, and she was crying the entire movie, just Mm -hmm. loving it. And Red Rocket and West Side Story really show that movie theaters and the theater experience are still essential. Streaming could not give you what we got communally watching West Side Story and watching Red Rocket together. You just can't replicate that. So yeah. so speaking of the power of movies, let's let's talk about this Spider-Man No Way Home. Mhm. It's this is what everybody's talking about. I mean, West Side Story is getting talked about a little bit, but everybody's looking forward to this release. Mhm. And the the tracking is off the charts the predictions are off the charts let's let's try to have a even-handed clear-minded conversation about what this film can actually do yeah i mean it's it's funny because since the post-pandemic you know quote unquote post-pandemic box office we have yet to have a hundred million dollar domestic opening weekend. Yes, we've had some '90s. Venom Two was one we thought maybe could have got there, and it got in the '90s. We haven't, you know, long time ago. Everyone thought Eternals would do it; didn't come close. We haven't had the hundred million dollar opening weekend, and it's funny now because Spider Man No Way Home is absolutely going to crush getting over a hundred million. And it's almost like now the question is, can it get 200 million? Yeah. And I think that jumped so far so fast. Right. Right. It's the opposite of the Spielberg situation, you know, where Spielberg, he, he, he gets it up, but it takes a while. And something like Spider-Man no way home is just, and listen, it's for teenagers, and and that means it's just it it it's it's getting there fast. It's getting there real fast. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get to have that gradual move towards two hundred because we never had anything open at one hundred in the last year. Yes. Um. So the thing with Spider Man No Way Home is, it is the most anticipated movie we've had in probably two years. It is got this perfect mix of it's the third movie in a super popular series. It's a Marvel movie. 
it's got all of this buzz about who may be in it in cameos. You know, all of the past Spider-Men are, are said to be in it. And it's opening right before Christmas. And it feels like this is where a ton of people who have not gone to the movie all year are finally saying, I'm absolutely going now. So it has everything going its way. But... yeah. And, is and it gotten to a point a where two hundred is 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 it's got a, it's got across two hundred now? You wait is that is that a prediction you're making? Well, I'm saying I feel like that is the that's the barometer now where success is going to be judged is getting yeah, over I, that two hundred. I think that's unfair, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of this is buzz from pre-sales. Uh huh. Which supposedly the first day pre-sales for Spider-Man No Way Home were higher than those of Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Star Wars The Last Jedi, Rogue One, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Mm, These are all the geez. first day pre-sales. Now, we've been burnt by pre-sales before. Mm-hmm. I don't think pre-sales are a great indicator towards how many people are actually going to show up for this film. Well, and that's be- great. It's I mean, it's great. It's great that it's doing better than some pre-pandemic titles, especially titles as big as Infinity War and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, you can't go by pre-sales to say that this film is going to go over $200 million. Well, pre-sales are also just going to become more and more a, a, a percentage of how many sales there are in total as years go on because now everyone's buying everything from their phone. So just mm-hmm. walk-up business is going to become a smaller percentage every single year. Yeah, you because... Know? So it, think it about- used to be pre-sales would say, oh, this is huge pre-sales so imagine what the walk-up is going to be but now you might have it's huge pre-sales and that's pretty close to what the total will be because with the advent of the subscription service services right so your amc a list and your Mm -hmm. your regal whatever that junky thing is called that i have that i hate people are doing more booking online because it's easier people are going Mm -hmm. to fandango more so than they did even when Infinity War came out, even when mm-hmm. No Way Home came out. Right. Especially right. B- when Rogue One came out. Right. So you're right. This I think it's just this has become more of the norm than then and it's you know more people staying home more than going out because of working from home or you know we're more we're more home bodies than we've been because of covid and things like that right. so of course you're going to get people who are going to order from home as opposed to going to the theater and buying right and, and and especially nowadays even if you end up having to sit you know cuz theaters are at full capacity even if you end up having to sit next to every you know, next to people on both sides of you there is just that something about post pandemic people want to see where they're sitting ahead of time in a way that is way more important to them than it than it ever was 
Yes. So people really want to get on their phone and, and pick their seats and have that feeling at first of, oh, I'm picking seats with no one sitting next to me. When, of course, by the time you get there, especially at a Spider-Man movie, every seat's going to be taken. You're going to have people sit next to you. But but people do want to order ahead of time. So it's, the you know, you want to have a ton of pre-sales, but it's it's almost like that'll be pretty close to what the actual number ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at some comps because you did mention this is tracking higher than uh, a Star Wars story, Rogue One. And that movie had a huge opening weekend back in December of 2016. Basically, the same weekend this movie, in December 16th, 2016. So the, the same weekend that Spider-Man is opening this weekend. Rogue One opens to $155 million domestic. Okay. You know, so so the idea that this Spider-Man movie has to hit 200. I mean, if it does, that would be amazing. But that would be gigantic cuz Rogue One was a huge hit. Rogue One was a Star Wars movie and Rogue One opened to 155 domestic. You know, so Yeah. The, this Spider-Man opening to 150 should be seen as a triumph. I think I think when we're talking about is this a smash success, mm-hmm. we're talking over one fifty. I agree. I agree. I I I I I think the idea that this has to do two hundred is so high because you just look at some of the giant movies. You know, Rogue One opens to one fifty five. I'm going to take a look at what did. Uh, uh, Marvel Civil War opened to a few years ago. And I bet you, my guess is that is in the 170s. That is that is off the top of my head. So Captain America Civil War, that opened in 2016. And its opening weekend in May of 2016 was $179 million domestic. Yeah. You know, and that is... That was a movie that when it was coming out, it was looked at as another Avengers movie. Yes. You know, that was a huge, huge movie with all of the superheroes in it. And that opened to 179. So do we really think Spider-Man No Way Home this weekend is going to just crush that number, that pre-COVID, you know, height of box office number? It might, but it can't be the barometer of whether this is a successful weekend or not. Yeah, and Box Office Pro is saying that the tracking right now Mm -hmm. is 190 to 250 million, 250 million. That's the low high range. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, two hundred and fifty million. Is that where uh, um, the Force Awakens opened back in the day? I know we've eclipsed that with Endgame. Well, but... in Infinity War opened to two hundred and fifty-seven point six million. Okay. Yeah. Right. And back in back in twenty fifteen, and and 
Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens, opened at this weekend in 2015. It opened on December 18th. And that opened to a then record 247 million domestic. So it's a so they're saying that there's a possibility that that this movie, this Spider-Man movie, right, could beat that. I mean, listen, I would love it. That'd be oh, great for theaters. Incredible. Obviously, we're rooting for this to go 300. I mean, we don't want. Listen, there's no ceiling for what we would want this film to open at. Right. Of course. To really not. shut people up about how no one goes to the movies anymore. Right. 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 But I think the expectations when when if this movie opens to 150 mm-hmm. and everybody's deflated, that's not good. No, no, especially because, again, we have yet to have had a hundred million dollar domestic weekend in two years, mm-hmm. you know, and definitely not since the, the, the pandemic happened. So. Just getting over this $100 million mark, I think, psychologically, should be a big relief to everyone who cares about box office. You know, we can't take that for granted. Getting past the 150 mark on an opening weekend should be another psychological boost. Mm -hmm. So if that's where it ends up, if it doesn't get to that 200, then it is cannot be looked at as a disappointment again just because of internet buzz creating internet expectations that could never have been met yes and Even- it's weird because i'm i feel like we're talking ourselves into a take the under prediction here you know as i look at these comp movies you know as i look at what rogue one did and what uh, Captain America Civil War did getting to like 180 and looking at The Force of Awakens in this same opening weekend getting to a then record 247 and I just it's hard to imagine this third Spider-Man movie getting anywhere near the number that that Star Wars Episode 7 got to which was like the most anticipated movie we had had in decades well, just to give you an idea about how this hype and this buzz has really taken over. Mm-hmm. Austin, who is a wannabe oh boy, uh, the wannabe oh boy of wannabe oh boys at this point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always writing in great emails, star of a, a unusual attraction, hopefully coming to Amazon at some point. That series yeah. is hopefully dropping to Amazon. When it happens, we'll let you know. Star of Unusual Attraction, and just be oh boy, want to be oh boy extraordinary. He sent us an email. Mm-hmm. And he said he 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 drank the Sony Cole Aid. Mm-hmm. You know he's a big fan of Sony, as we know. He loves their low budgets, and he's saying he thinks it's going to open at two hundred fifty-one million dollars. So so Austin, wannabe old boy extraordinaire, he does think that this Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be bigger in its opening weekend than the Star Wars Episode 7 that people had been anticipating for 30 plus years. I mean, and this is, an, this is a level-headed, even-handed, oh, 
even-handed guy. 100%. 100%. And even he is under the spell of this. And sometimes being under a spell is not necessarily a bad thing. That We're not saying that in the pejorative. It, no, no, uh, no. I would, I would love to be under a spell that just makes things, uh, uh, you know, solves all my problems. It would be great. But I feel like I have been guilty of this, mm-hmm. of 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 the buzz getting the best of me. Mm-hmm. You have been guilty of this, and I well, think that I, this. I, I will. I will uh, say I will not admit guilt. I don't think you should. If you do, that's your problem. So I'm not going to say I have been guilty of. I will say that, you know. I have not been as right as I uh, could have been, but I, yeah, I won't say I won't. I won't admit guilt. It is you're right. It is smart because if there is audio recording of me saying I've been guilty of, people can splice whatever statement after that that they mm-hmm. want. Yeah, they so- have plenty of hours of me talking and saying every syllable there is in the English language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I can definitely be sabotaged. Yeah. Yeah. So you, by saying I am guilty of blank. Right. Right. So I will refrain from saying that from this podcast on. Mm hmm. But but we have overpredicted at certain times because uh, uh, of of the the online buzz leading into a release. Okay, so let's. Here's where the rubber hits the road, my friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your Spider-Man No Way Home three-day opening prediction? So I think I'm gonna. I am going to get around a number that I think I predicted maybe even a few months ago or at least a month ago, which was I always thought that No Way Home would get higher than Rogue One and get around the Captain America Civil War number. Okay. So I am going to go with an opening domestic weekend of one hundred and eighty three million dollars. I think that is a great prediction. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody's upset, if that happens, you are crazy. Because, like you said, we have not had a hundred million opening since before the pandemic. Right. If I'm right, then this opening weekend is double the highest opening weekend we have had in Almost two years. You know, the Venom 2 opening weekend that got into the low 90s. If if Spider-Man No Way Home gets to 183, uh, then it's basically doubling the, the, the highest opening weekend of the year. So you can't be disappointed with that. You can't be disappointed when a movie opens up and doubles the highest opening weekend that we've had all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard because I'm I'm the guy who's always low on on Marvel. Mhm. And I don't think the that's the same with this because 
I mean, Spider-Man is a known entity. This obviously, th- there are people frothing at the mouth to see this film. So this, oh, this, 100%. this is definitely, it's, I, it's so hard for me to go over 200 here. I mean, you're going. I think you're you're where it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say two hundred, two hundred and two. Okay. I would love it. I would love to see. Listen, I would love for for wannabe old boy uh, Austin to be dead on, and this movie opens over two fifty. Yeah. But I can't see it doing Infinity War numbers. I just can't see it. It would be surprising just given the climate where every movie is is doing a little less than you would have than than it would have a couple of years ago. And people are just they're just getting their feet wet in a lot of ways with getting back to the theater. Yeah. But I think either way, what's going to be great about this opening weekend is it's going to get a lot of people who have not gone to the theater in a long time. It's going to get them to go out for that first time, and you just hope they have a great time. You hope that they are taken once again with the magic of going to the movies. You hope that they look around and they see the standees for West Side Story or they see the, and this is probably less likely because it's only in like six theaters right now, but maybe someone's going to that rare movie theater that is showing both Spider-Man No Way Home and Red Rocket and they see that standee of a naked Simon Rex standing uh, uh, with with a, a, a pink donut covering his privates. And they come out of Spider-Man No Way Home. It's the first time they've been to a movie in two years. They see Naked Simon Rex and they say, you know what? I'm coming back next weekend to see Red Rocket. Which I will say that that image is hard for me because it brings to mind the imagery from a very, not not very well seen, but I think well-liked cult sex comedy from the late 2000s. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm thinking of? Is it Eurotrip or is it Sex Drive? It is Sex Drive because mm-hmm. one of the main characters dresses like a donut in that. Right. right. And a donut right. played a, a major part in the marketing of that film. So it's hard for me. Sex Drive, underrated movie, very, very funny movie. Eurotrip, also great funny movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen either of those, see those. But yeah, there is an element of the marketing for Red Rocket that is reminiscent of those films, or at least that film, Sex Drive. Well, listen, so that Red bumps Rock- me a little bit. But you know what? It's catchy. I think it's eternal. It's the type of image that reaches across generations. So Red Rocket is putting its own spin on it, and you gotta hope that. The Spider-Man No Way Home fans, they see the signage for all these other movies and they become regulars to the theater once again. You know, that I think that's the other story that's going to be 
coming out of this Spider-Man opening weekend is all of these people who are coming back, can the theaters keep them? You know, this is going to be, uh, here's our, I, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll end with this. A message for the movie theaters. Whatever the number comes in at this weekend, it's going to be high. It's going to be huge. Spider-Man is going to bring in a lot of people this weekend. And movie theaters, you got to be on your best behavior. Yes. You got to make this weekend a premium experience. So call in all your staff. You know, bring them all in. Have more staff on hand than you normally need. Make sure they all got spray bottles and they're really making a show of clean in this weekend. Give all the teenagers who work in the movie theaters, give them a, a, a Swiffer and a spray bottle. Let people see them making a show of cleaning. Yes, you are reapplying mm-hmm. to be a national pastime. Yes. yes. This is a job interview, everyone, and we all know Once you nail the job interview, you can do whatever the fuck you want at that job. Yep. Just nail that interview. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be the most amount of people coming into a movie theater than we have had in two years. And you know what? Now, as I say it out loud, I only pray that the movie theaters are ready for this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would expect that they are because we've seen this coming for a long time. But, you know, human nature is sometimes to uh, 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 put things off into the last minute, to to not pay attention to what's coming. And I really hope that these movie theater chains, these movie theater opening uh, 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 owners and, and managers, they've been preparing for this weekend. And they've mm-hmm. got the staff there. They've got the spray bottles ready. They've bought more than enough popcorn, you know, and fresh popcorn that they're not just, uh, uh, you know, using popcorn that's been sitting there for months and months going unsold. But they've got the new popcorn. They've got fresh Mike and Ikes. They've got fresh Juji fruits. You know, they, they've got, I mean, throw out the hot dogs that you've had up until this weekend. And for the love of God, put new hot dogs on those, on those uh, hot dog spinners, new hot dogs only. At least on the top, uh, at least on the top ones. In the front and on the top. I would say for this weekend, don't chance it all new hot dogs. Cause again, you're going to have customers because of Spider-Man who have not been to a movie theater in two years, you don't want that customer to be the one who gets the month-old hot dog and takes a bite and, and green comes out or God knows what comes out. And the first thought they have is, this is the last time I'm doing this. Let them take a, a, a bite into a brand new juicy hot dog and and these... these uh, these Spider-Man customers, they take a bite into a juicy hot dog and they say, you know what? I've been missing this. I got to do this again. 
and and uh, fresh urinal cakes. This is the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I, I now, mean, keep them oh, until Pat. Wednesday. Keep the the ones you, the urinal cakes that you got in there. Keep them till Wednesday. Let them get hit with whatever's left. But then on Wednesday night, you switch them all out, and it's fresh urinal cakes. Mm-hmm. Now, quickly though, we do have another movie opening. Surprisingly, Nightmare Alley. This is a yeah. Disney Searchlight film opening in two thousand five hundred theaters, and the tracking for this is from mm-hmm. three to seven. Yeah, this is a weird one. I mean, this is one where in some ways it doesn't really matter what it does this weekend cuz much like West Side Story, this is going to this is going to make its bones over Christmas week and it's going to make its bones even more so if it sticks around and gets a bunch of Oscar nom nom noms, which mm-hmm. unfortunately is it god, the Oscars being in March is so ridiculous because it's going to be so tough for any of these adult dramas to stick around long enough to get the Oscar nom nom noms bump because the those announcement nom, nom, noms, of the noms is in February. Yeah. So it's like something like Nightmare Alley is in such a bad spot because it, it probably will be, be on streaming when the nom nom noms come out. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I guess... You know, on that split the difference, and it's like it makes four or five million. Uh, this is a cry macho. Yeah, this is cry macho money. So it's it's probably gonna make four point seven five maybe, and that's nothing against. I'm gonna see this movie. We're gonna see this movie. This is looks like a quality movie full of stars. Like Bradley Cooper is a star, star movie star. I mean, God, it's so crazy to be predicting a Bradley Cooper vehicle to make four or five million when you look at his box office and pretty much everything he's been the star of you know big wide theatrical releases that he's been the star of the last five six years have just all been hits all been hits i mean he is as much of a movie star as we have today aside from you know leo or denzel and it just shows the climate we're in right now where a Bradley Cooper star vehicle is going to open to cry macho numbers. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's the new Clint. Stars in movies, directs movies. You know, he's he. it's fine. This movie is going to be an awards movie. It'll find its audience somewhere. This is not going to blemish his, his star power. No. No, and it's a, you know, it's a very dark horror, Not, and it's not a horror movie, because if it was a horror movie, it might have a chance of making big money, but it is, it's not a, it's not a Bradley Cooper, look how great looking he is, look how charming he is, sort of caper movie, you know, it's not American Hustle, it's not A Star is Born, it's a tougher sell in general, than those types of movies. Um, so it's it's going to have... If it's going to do well, it's going to do well over the next like month and a half. It's not going to... It's not going to open big. And, and, and Del Toro it's, it's, has, has stumbled a bit 
I mean, he did have, you know, Shape of Water, obviously. Uh, best picture winner was a hit. And Scary Stories had, to Tell in the Dark, which I forget that's if he a directed produced or... production credit. Right. But he, that was a hit. I mean, he's uh, he's a decent name for for getting some money in there. But it's it's he's not an opening weekend, you know, open to 30 million director. He's never been that. Yeah, I'm thinking like Crimson Peak. Right. Was right. a film 2015 open to 13 only made 31. Mm-hmm. But of course that mm-hmm. was uh, that was pre-shape of water. So uh, you know, he can misfire, but I think you know, you've got some stars in this film. You've got some great actors people love to see. So we'll see. I mean, it, like you said, West Side Story uh, and this film, we're going to be monitoring it in the next couple weeks. And that's really when it's going to we're going to see what's what. Right. Right. But, yeah, okay. I mean, this weekend, all about Spider-Man and it's all about movie theaters. Make sure you have your act together because you got to retain these customers. Please don't have any projector mishaps. Don't lose the QuickTime file that Sony sends you. You know, don't 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 have the projectionist uh, uh, started upside down. Because even even these momentary mistakes that you end up fixing, but you just don't want to have people leaving the theater saying how, God, it took them thirty seconds to get the 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 projection right side up. If I had watched that at home, I would have had it right side up from the beginning. You can't and, have people thinking things like that. And for all the teen ushers, mm-hmm. listen. Pop the pimples a few days before. Mm-hmm. Don't pop them day of. Right. Because then you're just a red blotchy mess. Yep. If you want to roll with the pus, roll with the pus. It's better than a red bump that's oozing. Right. You got to do a pop and drain teenage ushers you got to pop the pimple you got to drain the pimple and yeah ideally do that on wednesday you throw out the old urinal cakes time to scab give it time to scab yep you throw out the urinal cake you pop your pimple you do that on wednesday so that on friday these spider-man customers show up for the first time in a movie theater in two years they got fresh urinal cakes in the bathroom they got teenage ushers who don't have uh, uh, fresh blisters on their face. Give them a good experience. So, so with that, Pat, let's do our top fives really fast. Right, Obviously, so, I mean, slam doink, Spider Man. Spider Man number one, slam doink. Um, number two. This is a toughie. I mean. I mean yeah, because it's basically, is it going to be West Side Story or is it going to be the fourth week of Encanto? And I will go West Side Story because, well, huh. Encanto's drops are pretty small, but you got to figure Encanto is going to get hurt pretty bad by Spider-Man. It's so tough. Ah. I guess I'm going to go Encanto holds a number two and West Side Story goes a number three. And then 
and then Nightmare Alley and is number four. And then is it Ghostbusters or House of Gucci five? Uh, wait, have I already given more than that? Uh, I'm going Spider-Man 1, Encanto 2, West Side uh, 3, Nightmare 4, and then I guess Ghostbusters 5. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the way to go. So yeah. I'm going to say Spider-Man. I'm going to roll with West Side Story number 2 just to switch it up. Okay. And then I do think it's Encanto, and then I think Ghostbusters, and then Nightmare Alley. Wow. Because it's going to open to four. It's going to open to, like, four. Yeah, I just feel like Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to be the movie that gets hit hardest by Spider-Man. True. Like, I I do think Afterlife's going to have a massive drop this weekend. And, you know, if it doesn't, then... Good on the Ghostbusters IP if it's able to... I mean, the Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think, is going to have a drop to make about $2 million. Really? You think it's going to drop $5 million? I mean, I just feel like that that audience overlap is so high. You know, more than any other movie that's in this top five, the Ghostbusters Afterlife fan base i mean that is the one that spider-man is going to take over yeah i think it's a tight i think it's going to be a tight race between nightmare and afterlife that's how i feel interesting very interesting very well i'm i'm very as as excited as i am to get this episode out in the world i cannot wait to be back on mic to talk about what spider-man no way home did it's good. Oh, it's going to be a be huge, huge episode. Yeah. This weekend is going to be so amazing watching these numbers come in. I can't yep. wait for Friday when we're going to get those preview numbers. Mm-hmm. It's like Christmas before Christmas. Yep. And Saturday night, as of now, you and I are scheduled to see Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters on Saturday night. So we're going to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, a live look at how many people are there how the theater is handling this you know the 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 highest amount of customers they've had in two years we'll be able to see the state of the urinal cakes see the state of the hot dogs you know Mm -hmm. hopefully not in the same place and and we'll report back so we're gonna have Reports on the on the Spider-Man BO, reports on the urinal cakes, reports on the hot dogs, reports on the Usher's pimple situation. First hand reports on the ground. Boots on the ground Saturday. Yep. Yep. All right, Pat. So we did it. Let's uh, let's uh, give them the email address so they can send us uh, what they think. All the one OBO boys, one OBO girls, one OBO people. People. They could email us, us what they think Spider-Man's going to open to. Email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to open to. 
and uh, what you think Nightmare Alley is going to open to. And let us know if you agree with us that West Side Story's opening weekend is not a reason to freak out. So I guess if you think it is a reason to freak out, email us at Podcast at gmail.com. I'm not expecting that type of email because want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. People. They are level-headed. They are people who are not prone to, uh, uh, you know, internet mobs. And I think our audience generally has a good sense of when and when not to freak out. But email us, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, check out our Substack. Check out Jeff Buck at uh, Exhibitor Relations Co. Mm-hmm. Read Scott Mendelson on Forbes. Go on Clubhouse. Check out Brandon Gray and the Box Office Revival. I mean, that talk about breaking records. I feel like that Clubhouse room on Sunday mm-hmm. is going to be popping. Yep. Yes. Yeah, There's going to be a. No, it's going to be people elbowing each. I mean, I'm civil, civil, but it's going right. to be elbows to elbows. Mm-hmm. People in that room just talking Spider-Man. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be records broken all over the place. I hope that Brandon Gray, box office rival, his clubhouse, much like the movie theaters, I hope he's ready for the, uh, you know, the deluge of new faces, new customers. Um, cause it's going to be huge this weekend and oh. I can't wait to read Scott Mendelson's, uh, articles this weekend on the Spider-Man opening. I can't wait to read Jeff Bach at, ex- at exhibit relations co what he's tweeting all weekend. It's just like you said, it's like Christmas. I I'm just so excited for all of these different angles on the box office. And Anthony D'Alessandro, yep. come on the pod, and you'll get a shout-out every week, uh, too, here. Yep. yep. All right, Clayton, so we did it. We definitely did it, and I don't think there's anything left to say, Pat, except until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you.